This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Skin Wade, and you're listening to The Step Back, a badass name podcast. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Set out on rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, still at the champ. Even still coming with the calibers flow. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Step Back. Mavs podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague Matt Galatson and we're joined by our very own Mike Fisher tonight and uh, he's he's with us to give us a Mavs free agency preview. We're going to talk about all the you know the rumors and and what's going on with the Mavs right now as free agency gets closer uh, on uh, it'll be here Sunday night starts at 5:01 p.m. Uh, fish how you doing yeah good as we sit here on Thursday night Friday morning if you're listening to this uh, if you believe Woj who you know is about the best in the business this actually isn't a Mavericks preview it's a Mavericks review because it's already done yeah <laughs> <laughs> Matt Matt how you doing uh, man, I, uh, it, that that tweet was a shot to the gut earlier. But I'm gonna I'm gonna get back up off the mat and keep going. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get too depressed. I mean, we haven't even gotten there yet. Uh, fish. I mean, we're just we're gonna jump right into it here. And you know, I talked to you earlier about this, but you know, we we've known for a while now that Kimball Walker planned on taking meetings and you know despite all the noise from Woj that uh you know it, it, he's making it sound like it's a done deal with Kimball Walker and the Celtics I mean we haven't seen and we haven't heard anything uh that suggests that Kimba still isn't going to take meetings so is there is there a sliver of hope there or am I just being naive all right as we speak um I just got done speaking to somebody who's close to the situation who says uh, that he does not know if Kemba Walker is going to take meetings. I gotcha. And, and so, uh, you know, obviously the, the Kemba said he was going to. Uh, I, I'm not sure why he would change. I, I mean, I, what, what did Boston do today that changed his mind from yesterday? Right. Because they, they can't have done anything with money, of course. Uh, they can't do much roster-wise, I don't think. So it's not like they can promise them, hey, we're going to get you and this and this, I don't think. And so I'm not saying, well, just wrong. Um, you know, this, this, he's, he's great at what he does. Um, but 
it does seem like there's still a bunch of balls being juggled, including the question you ask, which the people involved don't yet have an answer to. Frankly, I wish the Mavericks would text me right now and say, oh, yeah, we still got a meeting with them. And, and, and if, that te- if I get that text, obviously I'll tweet that and I'll announce that and we'll write the heck out of that, and that will change uh, or at least stem the tide a little bit. But if Woj is wrong, he certainly climbed way out there on a limb, didn't he? Right. Yeah, yeah. That... So it, was one, it was one thing, boys, for him to kind of tweet. Or it's one thing to say, uh, you know, moved into the lead. Because as you guys have joked all day on Twitter, you can always say, oh, the horse pulled into the lead, but then he came up late. Yeah, it em- emerged Woj, as a front runner. Right. So front runners was, was Woj's first um, indication, but then he basically wrote it's done. And, right. and wrote a big story and all that. So the idea that Woj is being hoodwinked, I, I suppose it's possible. The idea that Woj is knowingly being used and then wrote that story, that's that's unthinkable. And therefore, um, the, the Kemba to Boston suddenly is the front runner, <laughs> to use the terminology. Yeah, Matt, what, I mean, you, you kind of... We touched on it at the beginning. I, I know you're you've been kind of down in the dumps <laughs> since since that happened. But how are you feeling? Can you find any any hope out of this situation for the Mavs? <laughs> no, not really. I I, I kind of I, I agree with Fish. I, I don't, at first I was really skeptical because I couldn't figure out what had changed so much in the last twenty four hours that you know everybody was thinking Dallas, including Rick Bonnell of uh, the Charlotte Observer, was was saying. You know, if if Kimba leaves for anywhere, it's going to be Dallas, and you tend to trust local reporters in situations like that. But and then <clears throat> later, you know, by the time um, Woj had written the story, it just you know it's all kind of sunk in, and it's not like it's not the end of the world. I just, no. I just you know it when when you have something like that in your sights and you, and you get really confident about it, and then you know the Woj report, you know, drops a bomb on your face, then it, it takes, it, it, you take a hit and then you get back up and you go, okay, who's the next guy? Who's the next guy? So, uh, it, you know, we'll, I'll wake up tomorrow morning and feel better about it. Well, and, 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 and let me say this too about, about the optimism. There are so, and, and we've, in, in some quarters, there's been you know, people on Twitter or whatever that say, DallasBasketball.com, you've thrown out so many ideas. You're, you're just throwing stuff against the wall. I disagree that we're throwing stuff against the wall because it's it's you know the, the work of David Lord and you guys it's so informed uh, as you guys know and you can speak from the inside now um, a great number of these quote ideas we're running by the Mavericks yep. uh, and I think we can we can gently reveal that right yes I and, think so. and, and the Mavericks are saying yes that you you can write that no that's dumb don't write that and and so by the time it hits print. There's some legitimacy to it, and look at the variety of things that they could still do if Kemba indeed is off the table. Uh, the the combinations uh, and the iterations are almost endless, using yeah. not just the 225 players who are free agents, but also using a whole bunch of guys who aren't free agents. So, uh, I, I if, if Kemba doesn't come to Dallas, you you dust yourself off and you pick yourself up and you go to the next plan, the next handful of plans, the plan after that, um, ideas, some of which, of course, we can discuss tonight. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, 
your exclusive, you know, here recently with with Mark Cuban fish. I mean, he he even said it himself. There's there's so it's such a fluid situation right now. There's so many, not just free agent, but just like high quality free agents, in my opinion, on the market this year. That there there, like you said, it's endless possibilities. And I, even though I've been, you know, a big pro Kimba guy especially on the pod we've talked about Kimba you know it seems like every week but you know that was my top guy for a while now but even before then I've said that the Mavs they're in a great position this summer and even if they don't get Kimba I'm I'm very very confident that this team is going to be you know significantly improved by the time we get to I'm going to say middle to the end of next week so um that's where i'm at on it i still have a little bit of kimba hope you know until he you know we as mavs as mavs uh writers reporters fans we know from experience that it's not done until the guy signs on the dotted line so you know until he actually agrees to a deal with boston and follows through with that i'm not going to completely move on there but you know from what we're from what we're seeing and hearing so far you know, we've known for a while that the Mavs really like Patrick Beverly. Fish, you had, you had a uh, another exclusive a while back saying that Patrick Beverly was going to grant the Mavs a meeting. So, I mean, uh, how do you feel on that? I mean, if if they if the Mavs miss out on Kimba, is Patrick Beverly going to be the next guy they go to? Well, I think the initial plan was Kimba Walker plus one. If it ends up instead being one plus Patrick Beverly, that is to say the other player is better than Beverly, then that's more than satisfactory to me. Uh, Go back to what you said in my interview with Cuban, where, um, and this was Wednesday, and I I don't think they've advanced the ball much yet in the 24 hours since we talked or whatever it's been. Uh, They they didn't know where they were going to be headquartered. Like Cuban wasn't sure he was going to be in Los Angeles like he usually is. Donnie's not sure that he's going to be in the home base of Dallas like he usually is. Because there's so much uh, fluctuation and flexibility and versatility and unknown. So, hold on a second. I just got this text. Uh, you know, when Adam Schefter does this on TV, I make fun of it. Because it, all, it looks so staged. But this is actually real. <laughs> We're going to get bre- breaking news on the step back. <laughs> it is breaking news on this podcast. Um, let me say how to say this. The other teams in the Kemba Walker race are not aware that they're out of it. Okay, there we go. How about that? Okay, there now let's, we go. Let me take a minute and kick that around because I'm translating what I'm getting in a text. Yeah. In other words, um, Kemba Walker's agent has not, uh, Jeff Schwartz, has not told the Mavericks or Charlotte's or anybody else, uh, it's done, you're out. How about that? So yeah, that's, okay. Is that, a, is that a tiny bit encouraging? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I earlier... I feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel a little bit better about that, too, and that's awesome that you're able to get that <laughs> right in the middle of the recording, so that that's that's cool. Um, yeah, that's good. My, uh, now, by the way, uh, somebody who's close to the Kemba situation told me he does not want to go home to New York. Uh, I assume meaning the Knicks, right? And I think we, you know, we think we know where what, what 
Brooklyn's doing with with Kyrie and more. That seems pretty obvious, I guess now. Yes. Uh, and so, and, and and then you know, L.A. as David Lord illustrated to the world, uh, the Lakers, uh, they they found the way to their thirty million dollars worth of room. So, uh, you know, they'll they'll probably want to touch base with Kemba, I assume. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a exclusive exclusive breaking news. Those other teams. Kemba Walker has not informed the other teams. You're out of it. So a uh, a still a glimpse of hope for the uh, for the Hornets to a degree, and to the Lakers right. if they want in, and obviously to the Mavericks. Well, see, and this is why. And look, I know, like we talked about Woj, you feel like he wouldn't he wouldn't reach out there as far as he did if he didn't have a you know a, a good feel on the situation, what he's being told, right. but. You know, anytime Boston is in the news, it, it feels like Danny Ainge, to me, is notorious for, you know, leaking stuff and, you know, getting the Celtics in the news. And uh, we've seen it before with the Celtics. It was, they, and, and, manipul- and kind of uh, manipulating things. Yes, yes. Uh, so, to the Celtics' benefit, media-wise, which is great. Uh, by the way, the Houston Rockets do a good job of that, I think. Yeah. Uh, all this crap hits the fan, and the Rockets end up always coming out of it smelling like a rose. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a there's a talent to that, and then on top of it, obviously, the Rockets have been a good team, and and Boston was a good team too. I I I, I hope the Mavericks. I have no problem if the Mavericks want to be um, media manipulative. Go for it, as long as they're a good team. That's that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And okay, so. Again, guys, the the Kimball Walker dream is not completely dead yet. Mavs, they're they're not being, they haven't been told that that Kimba is you know canceling his meetings and he's definitely signing with Boston. So, no, we'll, that, no, no, none of the teams that are interested in Kimba Walker have been told. Um, thanks, but no thanks. That's right. how we're gonna say. It. Okay. Okay. So now let's just just for the the sake of conversation, let's just say that Kimba does go to Boston or he goes wherever that isn't Dallas. And let's, you know, you mentioned the the Patrick Beverly plus one and the plus one being a player better than Patrick Beverly. Who could you see, Fish, uh, and Matt, I'll get your thoughts on this too. We'll, we'll just kind of go around in a circle here. But, Fish, who could you see the Mavs looking at? And it doesn't have to be, you know, a free agent. It could be... Uh, right. You know, through a trade, but who could you see Absolutely. the Mavs targeting to to pair with a guy like Patrick Beverly as a plan B? All right, let's let's throw out some of our best names. Let's understand that a lot of this has to do with how how can I um, do a sign and trade here or move money there with Courtney Lee and or Tim Hardaway? Um, am I willing to give up Dwight Powell? Am I willing to give up Jalen Brunson? Um, Jalen Brunson is a commodity. If if there's a team that needs a starting point guard, and they, they, but they they can't pay him much, Jalen Brunson, the, the Mavericks, the Mavericks surely are getting calls on. Hey, by the way, don't, don't throw Jalen Brunson into a trade if you don't need to because blah blah blah. So right. if you let your if you let your mind be open to it's it doesn't just have to be thirty million dollars for the room. It can be more. If you move this, flip that, engineer this, um, I'm going to go back to the idea of Al Horford, for starters, not as the 
Mavericks are the 112 mystery promise team because they were not. But now that he's available and out there, um, and uh, and he's floating around out there, if if there's a mystery team that's already promised him 112 million for four years, and it's not Dallas, then I guess he's going there. But what if that number's wrong? Right. Um, uh, Mark Stein it, it came seems like, like it is. is. It, it, it really seems like it is. Um, Mark Stein, who was with me um, side by side, initially saying the Mavericks are not the mystery team on Horford. And the Mavericks swore to me they weren't. And I believe them, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, but then a few days later, Stein said, I am hearing that there's a, a mystery $110 million team, which is only a little bit different than 112. Yeah. But what if you move money around now that he's out there? Um, you know, he hasn't signed anything yet uh, with, with that with a promise. What if you move money around and Al Horford is is the guy you get along with Beverly? Now, see uh, a, a, a pipe dream, maybe a double a, a double pipe dream, but it's it's Thursday, Friday. It's a good day to dream. Yeah, and I mean, to me, and I when I put that piece together about you know how it's possible for the Mavs if they've got commitments, they could. There's, there's ways you can maneuver it, and you could get Kimba at his max, and you could still give Horford his money, or very, very close to the you know the money that's been thrown around there. But, I mean, if Kimba, if he's out of the equation, and you, know, you have a Mavs-Patrick Beverly love fest going on, then, I mean, Beverly and Horford, that's, that's a more financially feasible pairing it's a lot easier to do in my opinion and i mean I, that'd be great matt what do you what would you think about a about pairing patrick beverly with with al horford potentially well i love that a lot um back to the the four years 112 million it just doesn't it doesn't feel every day that goes by it feels less and less like that's the case that he has that promise somewhere so i i, I feel like you could get him for less but I love the idea of the two of them on the floor together um, with, with the pieces the Mavs have already. Um, okay, but let's, let's again repeat. This is an incredible double pipe dream. Right. It, it's, 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 I, I, think it's a, I think it's complicated to do. There's a, there's a lot of moving pieces. A lot of people have to say yes. Um, you've, got to, you've got to sell some guys. Uh, I, I, I think it's complicated, but if you're asking me what my – what my next big dream would be, it would be to go find fourteen million dollars more of room, or twelve, or whatever it takes, and and then it's blank plus Beverly, and the blank would be Horford. That'd be a lot of fun. Right, but my thing is, if if Kemba is indeed out of the equation in this scenario, then you can't, if you're the Mavericks, necessarily lock yourselves in to be like, okay, now we, we definitely have to keep Powell. We definitely have to keep Brunson. Everything besides Luca and KP need to be on the table, ready to make moves. And that's the only way, that's the only way you're going to improve the roster as much as you want to going forward. Right. And right. And, and with the, and, and I'm sorry, but you know, some, some observers, they're, they're so focused on the stars. Uh, uh, David Lord did a great thing and he's done it a couple of times. Now he brings up Robert Cummington and, Minnesota. Yeah, I love this idea. By the way, okay, and and I'll let you detail the idea, or maybe we can just say, "Hey, go go read DallasBasketball.com." You son of a gun! Why, why aren't you already doing it? <laughs> yeah, go read um, it. 
<laughs> but but Robert Covington doesn't doesn't move the national needle. Well, what is he? Who is he? How tall is he? How many points? Is he? But but those those kind of players uh, are are tier two players. And Robert Covington is just an example of a guy that if you told me I'm getting if you if I got Beverly and Covington, I'd go okay. Our 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 team's way better, and our yeah. defense is and we just fixed our defense. Um, uh, if, if you're, this is the Mavs talking, and so the, the, I, I guess you know we can go through, through every idea, guys, all the way from from um, Horford down to Covington and everything in between, and then down another level, and then we have to acknowledge one of the reasons that the Mavericks we keep saying, "I wonder if they have a mystery deal going," is because there there's there's two hundred other things that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, and the thing I really like about the Covington the the Covington idea. You know, he, he's averaging about $12 million a year through the summer of 2022. So he's on a very team-friendly deal, you know, for what he provides. So that would be that would be a really quality pickup, in my opinion. I'm, I'm very uh, open to that idea. Another situation that, and Fish, Matt, y'all, y'all can touch on this too, but, you know... With Houston thinking that that they can get Jimmy Butler, that happens. They've got to they've got to get rid of some guys, and yes. we've seen or we've heard that you know PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, and Clint Capella are those guys. And you know we've touched on Clint Capella uh, to the Mavs on previous podcasts, and uh, we've written about it at DallasBasketball.com. But Fish, my question to you is. <sighs> If if the Mavs want to go for a cheaper center option, like say Ed Davis or just somebody, you know, a, a reclamation project, Willie Colley Stein, something like that, uh, would it make more sense to try and target one of those other guys with Houston, Eric Gordon or PJ Tucker? Okay, those two names that you said, Willie Colley Stein and Ed Davis, two more good examples of yeah, you know, they're just kind of guys, but. They, they'd be very helpful here right. at the right price. Um, the Clint Capella story uh, comes comes from the Mavericks front office who told me we would love the idea of Capella and Porzingis together in the front court. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know how we do it, but we'd love it. So uh, I think the Mavericks and the Rockets have talked a couple of times. The latest form of that is the Rockets deal, I think you mentioned, where they want a first-round pick. Um, as in an exchange for sending away those kind of guys so they can afford Jimmy Butler. Well, three-way trades and sign and trades, and here we go with complications again. But what if the Mavericks stick their nose into a three-way? Should Jimmy Butler really want to leave Philadelphia? And by the way, the Sixers think they're keeping him. Yeah. So, and, and, and the Rockets think they're getting him. So somebody's wrong. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, this is why, again, since teams are wrong, obviously a Woj and a Stein and a Fish and a uh, we we can all be wrong. Since yeah. the teams themselves are sometimes wrong. I think but, I think the Butler thing. I think it's very similar to the Kimba situation in Charlotte. I think if if Philadelphia offers that fifth year, I think he stays. You know, on that five year max. But if they don't offer that fifth year, he could be gone. Okay, so let's say he wants to go to Houston. Again, we're we're not we're not saying we we don't know that he does, but let's just say that. Well. Houston's got to move mountains, so they've got to. I think they have to get rid of all three of those guys, don't they? 
Uh, at least two of them, I know. It might be all three, though. I think it's all three. All right, so so Dallas sticks its nose in there and says, well, we don't have a first-round pick to give you um, to get involved in this, but we have a first-round player in Jalen Brunson. Where'd Jalen Brunson play in college? Villanova, Philadelphia. How many blocks away is that from where the Sixers play? I think they played in the same building, didn't they? (laughs) Neighbors. How much of a hero is Jalen Brunson in Philadelphia? He's a big deal. What position do they need as a do they need a starting point guard there? Uh, yeah. Well, it depends on how you label Ben Simmons, but no, they they do. No, they do. They do. They're better when they have a point guard and Ben Simmons on the floor together. Yeah. Did we just make a trade? It's possible. As as long as Brunson doesn't end up in Houston, I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, the Cowboys, the, the Mavericks love Brunson, and. And I've, I've talked about this kind of idea in general with Mavericks officials. They're like, no, we love Brunson. And I'm like, okay, but you don't, you don't love, you love Brunson more than you love Clint Capella? Because that's what you'd be getting here. So, so the point is, don't take Capella off the list. Just because the, the Rockets insist they want a first-round pick and the Mavericks don't have that, that's the point of a three-way. Right. I think some of the, like just just kind of surveying, you know what Mavs fans talk about and how they how they view Capella and you know there's a lot of people that think that it doesn't make sense to potentially trade for Clint Capella and you know still turn around and uh, sign Dwight Powell to a long term extension. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like if there was a way to still give Powell his extension and, you know, sign and trade him uh, to another, you know, another team, I don't know if, you know, Philadelphia would even be interested there or not. But, uh, you know, something like that, I I would be more open to that than I would be, you know, letting go of Jalen Brunson. That's just me. Because I'm really high on Brunson, I think it was you know incredible what he showed as a a second round pick in his first year, especially towards the end of that year. And like you said, Fish, the Mavs themselves are really high on him too. So if they're saying, okay, well, wait a minute, but in this in this vacuum, you would rather have Brunson or Capella? <sighs> it <laughs> it's Capella. I'm gonna say Capella, but you're really? putting you're putting me you're putting me in between a rock and a hard place here because okay. I'm 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 envisioning what Brunson could become. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh at you because obviously your your high opinion of Brunson and I have it too. The Mavericks very much have it. I, I, I will say this about you know when you you mentioned well you know Mavericks fans they are they don't like this they argue that they don't like this player and and for for 20 years on DallasBasketball.com and for 30 years here in DFW. I don't know that anybody's interacted and had more barroom brawls about the Mavericks <laughs> media-wise than I have. But the, the way that my barroom brawls end is, you guys had Tony Ronzoni on as a guest last week, right? Yes. Yes. Very okay. great guest. He's, he's a terrific guy. And, and he knows more about basketball and scouting than all 20,000 of us at the AAC on opening night put together know. Seriously. And so, with all due respect to Dalton and Fish and Matt and and, and and David Lord and everybody else's talent evaluation, and and every fan, and 
Dallas basketball, the DB.com boards, it is the most brilliant Mavs and NBA fans in the world. It's incredible that the high the high basketball IQ that exists there. But I won't let them win an argument with Tony Ronzoni on talent judgment, or with Donnie Nelson, or with Rick Carlisle. So I agree with that. Does, does that make sense? Yes. You know, yes now, yeah. uh, somebody people used to on Twitter. I did this about football with Will McClay and Stephen Jones, and then the whole football, fantasy football community, like all the big shots nationally, um, including um, Evan Silva. You know him? I remember this. <laughs> they, they just, they just. I mean, it was an army of them. It's kind of like the army that I usually have on Twitter that goes after other people, only that, that my, I have, we have fans that do that. These were actual guys with, you know, 10,000 followers and stuff, and they were just just crushing me because what, what was it called? What's it called, Matt? It's a, um, you know, deference to authority or something like that. Um, it's, it, it's, it's some psychological arguing <laughs> debate class thing. Um, cognitive dissonance, cognitive dissonance. Is that what you're talking no, about? This, this is something about <laughs> just, just because the guy's a coach doesn't mean he's smarter than the fan. And, and it's a thing. Oh, that, Oh yeah. Okay. I can't remember what it's called. And and I'm like, you, you know, and they kept using this phrase against me. I'm like, that's a great phrase. I guess I get it and stuff. But the coach is smarter than the fan. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? A, 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 that's why he's a coach. But, but they were going, but and, and not, Evan Silver and now have now become friends and we're all, everything's fine. We kissed and made up and it was just great. <laughs> um, but, but, and he, I mean, he might be the best fantasy football guy in the country, Evan Silva. And and maybe a team should hire him. I, I and I'm not being sarcastic, but he he he's smarter about the Cowboys roster than Will McClay. That's and I and I again, Evan's my guy, but that's a tough one for me to swallow. Um, I, I can only think of one candidate. There's only one candidate in the whole world, media world, that I think. And I think, okay, he uh, he can win this argument. David, an NBA team needs to hire David Lord. Uh, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I've been, I've been afraid. He's, been, he's worked with me for 20 years. And every year, I'm like, well, this is probably going to be the year that somebody's going to hire my way. And <laughs> remember when the Memphis Grizzlies hired John, what's his name? John uh, Hollinger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, John Hollinger, who, who made up some kooky formula. And was never right about anything, but he had a cool formula. Got a front office job with a team. He was just a sports writer. And I'm telling you, David Lord could think circles around John Hollinger. And how somebody hasn't stolen him away from us, David Lord has every answer. I don't know how he does it. Um, he's on Larry Cohn's board to, uh, to you know put together the 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 F, uh, frequently asked questions on the CBA. Um, that that one I'll give you. That I think David Lord actually might be able to be an assistant general manager better than some assistant general managers in the NBA. But otherwise, there, there is a difference between Rick Carlisle and Mike Fisher. Come on. Well, I'll say this. Apparently, I mean, this, this isn't a shock to anybody, I'm sure. But, you know, David Lord, he definitely knows the, the CBA rules and how all that works a lot better than Rob Palenka did initially. Yeah, yeah, or seem to anyway. <laughs> or seem yeah. to, yeah. 
<laughs> now, in in the end, they got on the same page because the, the Lakers have have made it work. Um, but David Lord, was, I'm not saying the Lakers read David Lord and said, "Oh, that's what we should do." <laughs> well, I was about to say that's probably exactly what they did. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, uh, don't think that hasn't happened. Uh, don't think that an that an NBA team hasn't looked at David Lord's work and said, "Oh, oh yeah, we could do that." Because that has absolutely happened, and uh, and and some of the things that that uh, have resulted from it have fancy nicknames and T-shirts. Let's let's circle back to the to the Brunson thing because, I mean, yeah, I, I would take Clint Capella, especially especially if it meant you know he could be the plus one to. Uh, signing a Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, yeah, because yeah. I mean, because that's going to take away you know minutes that Brunson would have, and you know we assume Luca he's going to be handling the ball a lot, and you assume I, I think we all assume that JJ Barea is coming back, or uh, do we think that? That's what's been reported. JJ, yeah, JJ Barea's uh, good health and um, his membership in the family. Uh, his quality of play, of course, and then I would add his relationship with Luca and Porzingis. Right. I can't remember which guy it was. It might have been Porzingis. Porzingis comes to town, and the first guy that takes him out to dinner, as I understand the story, the first guy to say, "Hey, KP, what are you doing tonight?" Oh, I, don't, I do not know nothing. JJ <laughs> uh, Barea takes him out to dinner. So nice. And of course, speaks Spanish like the other, like the two kids do, and so I think. I think Barea, as a, a continuing part of the Dirk Nowitzki culture uh, and and a fabric of the locker room, I, I like the idea of JJ Barea. Yeah, and I, the the last thing I heard about JJ Barea was from uh, Tim McMahon. He he said that uh, Barea is doing great in his recovery, and he should be back in time to play for his national team. Uh, so, I mean that that would be another you know extraordinary. Achilles tear recovery for a Mav. You know, the first one was Wes Matthews, and yeah. originally I was saying, you know, that if the Mavs wanted to make a, you know, a last ditch effort pitch to Kevin Durant, that should be one of their big talking points. But you sure. know, if he comes, if Berea comes back healthy, and then you've got Luca handling the ball, and you say you can sign a guy like Patrick Beverly, then I could see where you know it it wouldn't hurt as much to let Brunson go, especially if you're getting the duo of, of uh, Beverly and uh, Clint Capella. So. Uh, I, I can have uh, um, Devin Harris still laying around here, too, if I want to. Right, right. It seems like Devin, sure. Har- Devin Harris is one of those guys that <laughs> he, he, might, he might not ever retire. He might just keep coming back on these <laughs> one-year deals. <laughs> That's right. But, Matt, I mean, let's move on to some other names that I'm just, I'm just kind of spitballing here. Assuming again that Kimba is off the table, which we know is not the case yet. I mean, it could be, but we know it's not the case just yet. But you know, another guy that I've been thinking about, and Fish, I don't know if you have. You know, this might be something we we need to check on with the you know the Mavs front office. But Boyan Bogdanovich uh, from Indiana is a guy I've been very very high on. Uh, you know, I wrote about the the Plan B. Uh, article that paired Beverly with Bogdanovich, you know, if we're just talking about signing two free agents. And I think it's a guy that you could get for around 18 to $20 million a year. 
And when you compare his stats side by side with Chris Middleton, you know who we who we know the Mavs also liked. I mean, Bogdanovich, he's not the defender that Chris Middleton is, but when you look at his stats, he's a better offensive player. So, I mean, I I would assume that the Mavs really like him, but, I mean, what do you guys think about the, the idea of the Mavs going after Bogdanovich pretty hard if they swing and miss on Kemba? Well, for me, I, this is the one guy where I'm, I'm shocked I haven't heard – we or that we haven't heard more right in in regards to his name i mean he he seems like a perfect fit in more ways than one they they need what he brings to the table i mean he's going to be a free agent he's going to be affordable so it it doesn't make sense that we haven't heard much about it i mean maybe that's for a reason um or maybe it's not but the you know a, a team that i've heard with him a lot is san antonio which makes me shudder i would but, i, mean, I would I be know. so upset if that if that happened I think he'd be a great, great to pair with Beverly and KP and Luca and whoever they end up playing, you know, in the front court. Next, next which you guys have written about, by the way. You, you guys yes. have written about Bojan and Beverly, plans one of the Plan Bs. Yeah, Dalton wrote a great piece about that. Yeah, uh, but but you're right. Maybe that's maybe that's one of these under the radars that the Mavericks would prefer to keep under the radar. Right, and if you do something like that. If if you don't make a move for a center, whether it's free agency or whether it's some kind of trade, you have to figure KP is going to be playing a lot at the five, and you know you'd have Dwight Powell at the four. Maybe you could do something with Kleba, but you know I think one guy that's being overlooked for the Mavs here, and you know he he's a candidate to come back on a, a vet minimum contract and. He can actually be really productive when given the minutes. Is Salah Mejri, who is yeah, really you think uh, so? Who is uh, you know, we know he's you are really, such a homer. We know he's what really. Are we, what, are we, what are we talking about here, Dalton? I'm talking about if we go if if the Mavs go out and they sign, you know, two big guys, and it's not like you know tier one guys, but say if they go out and get two tier two guys in free agency, and they're just looking for a cheap center you know, to give a vet minimum contract to. Who's to say that they're not, you know, we, we've talked about loyalty and family and everything. I mean, I could see them throwing one at Mejri <laughs> to bring him back on a one-year deal. Oh, I can, because he's Luca's big brother. Right. Uh, yes. And, and, and uh, you know, I mean, he's a, you're, it's true. I mean, he's an NBA center. But, you know, I thought you, you, you started this, you started this paragraph talking about how good he was. Well, I'm just saying in spurts. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying put Salah out there as your starting center. I'm just saying if, that's what it sounded like you were saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and clarify that. I don't need to be catching any heat for that. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're the only. This is the only podcast in the world that spends five minutes on Salah Measuring. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We're we're just gonna end that there. I'm not gonna go any further on that. You y'all are right. I, I went too far. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we go any farther, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and pay some bills, and then we'll come back on the other side and get into some more uh, ideas that we have for what the Mavs could be getting into this summer.
All right, guys, we're back. Um, okay, so my question for both of y'all is if let's let's throw Houston out of the equation for a minute because when we talk about trades, that seems like the only name that pops up in, in trades at the moment. That and the and the Covington thing. But who who's a guy that you guys think that could be had in a trade that we're maybe not thinking of? Like the one that popped to my mind that all, that keeps popping into my mind is Blake Griffin. Uh, that's probably a pipe dream also, so we won't get too far into it. But is there names that that y'all think of with trades that maybe we're not thinking of out loud? All right, let me go first. The reason that Detroit is interesting is because it took a long time for the Mavericks to finally announce that Isaiah Roby trade. Right. Why? I heard you talking about this on the radio, so I wanted to get more in depth about it. Before, why did it take a Why did it take a week to finalize such a such a meaningless, innocuous trade? Unless it's not meaningless and innocuous, or wasn't going to be. I don't know why it took so long to do it, but I do remember Donnie saying at that press conference that it was going to take. He didn't say how long it was going to take, but he did say it it was going to be a little bit before. You know the trade finalized, so they weren't they weren't able to say. Isaiah, yeah, but why? Isaiah, I know, I know. I don't know. I don't exactly know why, but. <laughs> All right. Well, w- one of the reasons, speaking generally, of why this would be is because it's only the first part of a bigger trade. Right. I mean, you have to fit, and I mean, a guy we've talked about with Detroit in the past is Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean. If the Mavs are interested in Clint Capella, then obviously they'd be interested in Andre Drummond. So, uh, so if you're doing, and all, all we're doing is reading tea leaves here, I don't have, uh, I don't have anybody in the Mavs organization telling me, yeah, yeah, we we sat on that for a while because we got something big brewing. Yeah, but it, it sure is weird to sit on this meaningless, relatively speaking, minuscule deal, uh, and then, and by the way, then I ask. I mean, again, this is David Lord talking. He says, you know, Fish, you asked about it on Wednesday afternoon, and suddenly on Wednesday evening there's a there's a press release. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you're, I said, David, you're probably giving me a little too much credit. But it certainly it certainly counts as weird. I'll just say this. Just because they did finalize, finalize it, announce it, doesn't mean they can't still turn around and go, okay, Detroit, we're ready for the second chapter of this. So right. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily pinpointing a guy, but I'm pinpointing that idea. Um, Derek Favors, is he free now? Mm, uh, I don't know. I can check. Well, keep going. I'm checking. Uh, okay. They've always liked Derek Favors here. They just like him. And, you know, I, I don't know if he, I don't, he's probably never made an all-star game, has he? No, uh, but he, he's so. he's one of those dirty work guys. You know, he's very serviceable. I I can see why they like him. And and I think he maybe he opted out. Did he opt out of a seventeen million dollar thing? That's what yeah, I'm wondering. I should know this. He's uh he's entering the the free agent period, listening to other teams, and he's unrestricted. And um, that's yeah. a, to me so. that's a that's a compelling. Now you know at some point that becomes too pricey. Um. But that's that's a, that's an under the radar guy that they like. Yeah, I and think, then of course, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, I think I definitely would if I if I had to choose, I'd choose Derek Favors over Salah Mejri. So, 
I think I would too. <laughs> um, and then again, this is not a this is a guy who's free, um, but but restricted. So you know, freedom isn't really free. As uh, Happy Fourth of July. Uh, <laughs> but Malcolm Brogdon, uh, what what is his price breaking point? Right. Uh in in my opinion, and it's just from just from reading some stuff coming out of Milwaukee and just kind of my own version of reading the tea leaves, so to speak. I think if you gave Brogdon an offer somewhere in the neighborhood of four years and let's just say eighty million, so twenty million per, I think that's probably enough to, to pry him away from Milwaukee. Okay, but let's understand what – I guess there's there's two breaking points. One, and let's use the Mavericks as an example. There's their breaking point. How much is too much, right? Right. But then by the time we get to Sunday at 5.01 or shortly after, won't the Mavericks and the Bulls and whoever else, won't they have a really good idea where the Bucks are um, financially with what they're doing and what the Bucks' breaking point is? Yes, they should because you know we, you figure that one of the first announcements that's going to come at, at shortly after five oh one is going to be the, the Chris Middleton max contract. Correct. Yep, so. which which again we wrote here uh, ten days ago. Mavericks found out he's he's staying there. So there's that one. They've got to deal with Lopez. Uh, they have to deal with Miritich. Miritich. Miritich and. And then Brogdon. So, uh, is there an odd man out? Is there? Hey, uh, I mean, I, I guess my th- my working theory is that when they put all those guys together, and they've moved mountains to get them all, and then they're sitting there and saying, "Okay, that leaves us." I'm just going to pick a number. That leaves us 19 million for Brogdon. Right. Well, then somebody's going to offer him 20. Yeah, I I feel like he's a. He's going to be a big enough commodity where somebody's going to pry him away, and if they, if they don't, then one of one of those three guys you mentioned is going to be on the market. And honestly, if I'm the Mavericks, I would pursue any of the three. Well, and the reason I I think that Brogdon is more, you know, gettable than than what some people might think. To me, I started to really think that when it was you know the the season was still going on. And the Bucks gave Eric Bledsoe that four-year, seventy million dollar extension. And you know, once that happened, I was like, you know what? They they might be having some second thoughts. You know, Brogdon is a great player. He's got uh, he's very efficient. Uh, he's gotten better every single year since his rookie year. But you know, he also has some pretty significant injury concerns too. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it just depends on who the highest bidder is. But in Milwaukee's, you know, uh, in their view, you p- could probably get him for around eighteen to twenty million dollars a year. Just, just from what I've, I've read, and you know, just kind of trying to read the tea leaves there. But I guess if I had to make a list right now, you know, as we're just a couple days away from this, I would go Kimba one. I would go Patrick Beverly plus one as my plan B, whether that's Bogdanovich, you know, Capella, uh, Horford. Horford, you know, s- somebody like that. And then my plan C after that would, you know, be to 
make an offer on Bogdanovich. I mean, uh, Brogdon, yeah. Malcolm Brogdon, because I think if you if you go through those plans and you know it's one after the other, you check off the list. The earlier you make an offer to Brogdon, I think your chances are better of stealing him away from Milwaukee. And Fish, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you do if you do pursue Brogdon and you get him to sign a deal, you still have the ability to make trades, correct? You can still make trades because that money that, that bid money's frozen, uh, but that doesn't freeze you from doing other things. Right. So just because they signed Brogdon doesn't mean it has to be the end of the summer. So things could still get better from there. Right. The so. thing it does do is it puts you on hold to try to sign another similarly sized free agent, obviously. Yeah. So you'd, you'd go into that process the same way Dallas did with Chandler Parsons, which, by the way, we all forget it now when we say, oh, they never sign anybody. It's not true they never sign anybody. That, right. that, that myth really bothers me. It's just that nothing's worked out in a gigantic way. They signed Chandler Parsons an extremely clever steal away from Houston. It was fantastic. You guys remember it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they made it. I, I was up. Matt, I don't know if Matt, if you were with me yet at that time. I mean, we, that we were we were up we were up for forty eight straight hours. I was. I wrote about this. I remember. Um, and I mean, we were on the phone. We we constantly. It was fantastic. And then then they very strategically stole an important piece from their arch rivals. That counts. And yeah. then it didn't work. Signing Dirk Nowitzki counts as signing a free agent. And if you don't think so, imagine if he would have in 2000 and whatever it was, decided, you know what, I'm going to go play with Stevie in Phoenix. Right. Which Stevie asked him to do one year. They, they went to dinner in New York and talked about it. You know, Monty oh, yes, asked him too. Monte Ellis before that before that, you know, kind of soured, that was a pretty big signing for them. You know, he was... Now, now was, it, was it Tier 2? Of course it was Tier yes. 2. Was it a little bit of a fallen angel? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it doesn't count. Um, Harrison Barnes counts. Wesley Matthews counts. DeAndre Jordan counts. So this idea that Dallas never signs anybody or never gets anybody, I'll give you somebody else that counts now that I'm on a rampage. How do you think Christoph Porzingis landed here? You don't right. think he wanted to come here? Yeah, I think, think he so. was forced to come here. You know, and I would, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, and before before we elaborate on that a little bit, you mentioned that about Kristaps coming here. That's another thing that I kind of when I see that that Woj Kemba Boston, you know, saying it's kind of over, or at least insinuating that it's already over. I remember uh, it was. January 31st and Woj tweeted out that uh, I think he said the the Spurs, the Raptors and the Nets and there was some other team he listed as you know the major suitors for Kristaps Porzingis. Didn't mention Dallas at all. And then within the next 30 to 40 minutes Kristaps Porzingis was a maverick. (laughs) Which which international scout who happens to be a friend of this podcast has known Christoph Porzingis since he was 14 years old. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hey. That person works for the Mavericks. It wasn't an accident that Porzingis landed here. Right. If, if, if he wasn't going to sign here, 
his his hundred and fifty eight million dollar extension. By the way, I still can't get over that. Is it Shams? Is that how you say his first name? Shams. Shams. That he was writing that that Porzingis is going to go to Dallas and only sign the qualifying offer. Yeah, that was ridiculous. In fact, that's another good example of how the very best can be wrong. Because he, he's he's outstanding at, at his job. But that was wrong from the second he typed it. It yeah. never made any sense, and it was never right. That that it would be unprecedented to do that, almost, except New Orleans Noel, and moronic to do it. Right. And the Mavericks knew when he came here, and he knew when he came here, that this was going to be a long-term deal. Had the Mavericks not gotten that indication from the Porzingis camp, they wouldn't have traded for him. Yes. And... And I, I'll bet you a beer at the Maverick Bar that Tony Ronzoni helped get them the promise that this is going to work out. I'll give you another one. Nobody's ever written this. I just keep whispering it. Do you guys think that Luka Doncic somehow slipped beyond the first pick, beyond the second pick, all the way down to Dallas by accident? No. no. I, I... Or do you think Luka wanted to come here? I think he wanted to come here, and I not Ranzoni. I I think he had a big say in that. And then, like we've discussed before, Billy Duffy, you know, and the Mavs, you know, essentially making up for stuff that happened in the past with Steve Nash and all that. All of yep. that. It was like a perfect storm. And I, I, I did, think it was so. I I think it was a perfectly orchestrated storm. Right. I think that Donnie Nelson, who is known. And I assume Tony has too, but I know Donnie has. That Donnie Nelson's been friends with the Doncic family since he was 14 years old. Yeah. And when it started coming, when Donnie started having the vision, saying, "You know what? In that year's draft, we're going to be there." I think that's when Donnie called Bill Duffy and said, "You want to? Can we be friends again?" And, And the next thing you know, I think I don't know this, but I think when the Arizona and Sacramento and Atlanta. That when they talked to Bill Duffy, I wonder if Bill Duffy didn't say, well, obviously, you know, Luke would love to come there. It's a lovely city, but he'd really like to go to Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think <clears throat> I'm willing to bet a beer that that's what happened. Yeah. And, and because so, so Arizona, which was coached by Luca's coach overseas, passed on him? Yes. Kukoska. Sacramento, which is run by Euros, passed on a Euro? It was really crazy, and I mean, yeah, there Atlanta, were Atlanta pretended that Trey Young's better than Luka Doncic. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it, it, it was it was a perfect storm, all right. It was a perfectly orchestrated storm, orchestrated by Donnie and Tony and company. And therefore, when the critic says nobody ever wants to come to Dallas, I like to remind them the the last three greatest players who've played here, all of whom were on last year's roster, Dirk. Porzingis and Luca all wanted to come here. Why don't we count them? Right. We definitely should. And just to, uh, we've got one more point we're going to cover here with with Fish and Matt. But before we even get there, I just want to say this one thing. I, you know, I've seen uh, some people saying that, you know, the Mavs are kind of bidding against themselves. You know, when it comes to Kristaps. But my my rebuttal to, to that is. The Mavs wouldn't commit five years, $158 million to a guy who isn't what they expect him to be. You know, that he's been in the weight room. He's gotten rave reviews from everybody, 
you know, around the team, Dirk himself, you know, said he was, uh, or at least, you know, he said how hard of a worker uh, Porzingis is. And, I mean, we've we've kind of tracked his progress throughout the summer. He looks ready to go. I mean, I, I think some of that, you know, well, they bid against themselves. This isn't a Nerlens Noel situation. This is yeah, a guy. And, and uh, if I may. I, I guess if a critic wants to say, given his injury situation, do you you know don't you wish you could build in some sort of protections against that? And and I get that, but outside of that, if the reports on Kemba Walker and his dealings with Charlotte are true, Charlotte came in with an offer, and you guys may have broken down just how crummy the offer might have been, and then he declined it, I guess, and then they they said, well, let, okay, let us pre- prepare another offer. Have you guys heard that story? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Charlotte, you, this isn't a garage sale. You're not bartering <laughs> over somebody's old lawn furniture. If you want to play in this in in on this plane, this is max. This is the max money game. Yeah, you don't play it's around max. with it. Kemba Walker, he doesn't have to get his super max, but Kemba Walker's got to get his max. Or of course he. What are you talking about? Uh, Christoph Porzingis, this is a max player. So you offer him the max. That's that's the game. If, yeah. if you don't want to play with the big boys, then uh, you know what? I, then I guess you'll be the Charlotte Hornets forever. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, Kimba being a 29-year-old, uh, all-NBA, all-star, coming off a year where he made $12 million, uh, that that's almost criminal. <laughs> So he he he, def, he he's definitely going to go out there and get his max and you know the Mavs the Mavs know what they have in Kristaps Porzingis and I think he's been off the court for so long now that you know people are kind of skeptical of it but they know what they have and I know he's eager to to get back out there and show people what he's got again in October but okay guys last thing fish I know how you are with this you know, uh, you know, you've said it before in the past about the one percent rule when it comes to these big fish, and I mean, really, any any you know decent free agency signings. But we'll start with you, Matt, and then I'll go to fish. But Matt, what just right now? We get to Sunday, five oh one. What are the Mavs doing? Uh, <laughs> Come, on, Matt. Spot, huh? Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. I won't hold I, you to I, it. I think they're going to um, talk to Kimball Walker, and I, I think that they're going to get the sign that he's, you know, or they're going to hear that he's signing with Boston, which I hate to admit. And then they're going to go out and they're going to sign Patrick Beverly, and then they're going to wait to see who falls off of the Milwaukee train, and they're going to sign that guy. And then I think they're going to, after they have those guys signed, they're going to, you know, go out there and make another trade and get a third piece and then take care of KP. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 that's right on the money for me. I, um, I'm not going to argue with Woj on Kemba Walker. That, that's, that, that, that'd be a fool's errand to, yeah. to bet money that he's wrong. That doesn't make any sense. They'll, I think they'll make the, the formal offer to Christoph Sporzingis first just because it's a formality, you know, we we love you best, and I, you know you're ours. We love you best. They'll get. They'll have it actually. I guess finalize it later. But then, yeah. Then I think it's it's one plus 
Beverly. And if it's somebody that falls off the Milwaukee train, uh, that works for me. Uh, if it's something that you get in a, a three-way where you end up with a Capella, uh, that works for me. And then I'm going to throw Derek Favors' name in there again just because uh, it's it's so under the radar. But but it smells just right, right in terms of what the Mavericks like. So some I think I think Matt and I are, are really on the same page. And by the way, and, and we're still optimistic because that that's still a lot. That's yeah. a lot higher than one percentage. We're, we just gave something. Um, and it's a lot of moving parts, and the results would be terrific, and the Mavericks would look like a playoff team to me. Yeah, you, your team gets a whole lot better having a summer like that. And look, like I said, I, I'm not going to completely shut the door on Kimba Walker to Dallas. You know, they may they may have a meeting with him, and you know, he might fall in love with what they have to say, and we just don't know, you know, what exactly could happen there. But I'm going to take what y'all said and I'm going to I guess this is going to be my my hot take or bold bold prediction. I think that they're going to try to pair Patrick Beverly with Horford. And I don't think it's going to be the 112 million dollars. So I that's just that's just me talking. <laughs> so take it with yeah. a grain take it with a grain of salt, take it for what it's worth, but that's going to be my my bold prediction as we approach free agency here so all right guys that's going to do it for this episode we've got some uh we've got an exciting weekend coming up and uh the first few days of next week is going to be really exciting too but fish as always we appreciate you coming on and we got to do it again sometime Cholo. <laughs> so we'll see you next time fish have a good thanks, one boys. Right. thanks fish all right, there goes Mike Fisher. Uh, had some great stuff to say tonight. We got a Matt. We got our own uh, DB exclusive, exclusive. Our our first uh, live one on the pod. So, <laughs> so that's something. It gives us a little bit of hope uh, with the Kimball Walker situation. You know, the, the door's not completely shut. Uh, Kimba's representation hasn't told teams that uh, they're out of the running yet. So, uh, Matt, any last thoughts before we take off here? Um, I wish I had your optimism. These last uh, 12 to 15 hours have really beat me down. But, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we pick ourselves up and we keep going. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I'm still very optimistic about the summer. So I think everyone else should be too. Um, there's a lot of exciting things that can happen as, as we, you know, just finished talking about. So, um, you know, just keep a lookout for our, for our stuff on, uh, on DallasBasketball.com. We'll break news. I'm sure every day up until July 6th, there'll be something else on there that you need to, you need to check out and you need to read. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, uh, go check out our Patreon at, uh, patreon.com slash step back Mavs. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. What about oh, you, Dalton? Well, before before we completely take off here, Matt, tell tell the people about, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen it on Twitter already, but tell the people about what's going on this weekend, kind of like a oh, pre-free agency party. Yes, I almost forgot. Uh, so uh, at um, Reddit Mavericks is uh, a big Mavs you know, Twitter presence, and he and Skin Wade – and a few other people got together and are hosting a Mavs meetup at the Petticolas Brewery 
um, in Dallas, and it's a great little brewery, great beer, uh, really cool place to hang out. Um, I'm going to be there. Fish is going to be there. Skins is going to be there. I think Ben Rogers is going to be there, and um, anybody you can think of that's on Mavs Twitter uh, that is not or that it, that is in the city of Dallas is probably going to show up there. So if you want to meet anybody, uh, you know, me, which I don't know why anybody want to meet me, but, you know, if you want to meet Fish or Skin or, or any of the guys like that, then, you know, you definitely need to show up. It's at, um, I believe it starts at 2 o'clock on Sunday and will ride through the beginning of free agency. So if something breaks. Um, there's going to be a party. <laughs> there's going to be a party, and you will be the first to know about it because Fish and Skin will have their cell phones in their hands. Yeah. So um, I, I highly encourage everybody to show up. Yeah, everybody should definitely go if you can go. It breaks my heart that I'm not going to be able to be there, Matt, but I will be with you guys in spirit, and I will be chilling on my couch just waiting for something to happen. So <laughs> so if I if I wasn't, you know, seven hours away and – in South Mississippi, I would I would definitely hit that up, but yeah. And, I, and if I've blocked you or muted you, and you and you tell me that at Petty Colas, I'll buy you a beer. I promise. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that does it for another episode of the Step Back and Mavs podcast. As always, we appreciate every one of you for coming and listening listening every week. This thing continues to grow. We're very happy that you know it's taken off the way it has and. We're going to continue to bring you guys the best Dallas Mavericks content, whether it's written at DallasBasketball.com or, you know, on the podcast here at the Step Back. So thank you guys. Have a great weekend and go Mavs. Only the real gon' float, man, for real. You either sink or you float. Only the real gon' float.